This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the Fruited Plain. I'm delighted to have you with me. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Let us talk about Donald Trump. (laughs) All right. You know, Donald Trump can win in November of 2024. The concern that I have there is that he will have to spend so much money and outside groups will have to spend so much money to get him across the finish line, more so than other candidates, that you'll leave money, you'll take money away from Senate candidates. So you may win the presidency and lose the Senate and you need the Senate, particularly if Donald Trump's president. Uh, Other candidates, I think you won't have to spend as much money to get them to beat Biden. Uh, polling even seems to suggest that that given the level of antipathy Americans generally have for Trump and for Biden, but more so for Trump, uh, you throw a wild card and find someone other than Trump, you're going to have an easier time getting that person elected, which frees up resources to pick up as many seats as possible in the Senate and save the House. There's a calculation there. You need maximum power for a Republican to get anything done, including Donald Trump. And so the less you have to spend to get that presidential candidate across the finish line, the more money you spend on others. However, he could still win. And it's something I think most people don't really appreciate, particularly on the Democratic side, when you look, for example, at just where he stacks up against Joe Biden. In the real clear politics polling average, Joe Biden is only up five-tenths of a percent. In morning consult, Joe Biden's up two. In Emerson College, they're tied. In Fox News, he's up three. In Quinnipiac, he's up one. In Marist, Biden's up one. The Economist, YouGov, up one. Insider Advantage, up one. The New York Times, Siena poll up. Uh, they're tied. The only poll that shows Donald Trump winning is the online poll from Harris X, which is Mark Penn, who is Hillary Clinton's pollster. He's got a shot, particularly in the Electoral College particularly in the swing states. It's just more difficult. You have to move more mountains for him, and that causes more people who you also want to win to become expendable. Regardless, I got to tell you, 
Donald Trump's media strategy is brilliant. I mean, pay attention to to DeSantis. Ramaswamy, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy has done many, many more uh, press interviews. He goes on CNN. He goes on MSNBC. He goes everywhere, anywhere uh, that he's invited. He goes. DeSantis has been much more guarded and avoided some of those hostile interviews. And Vivek has, has begun to surge in the polls. Now, the opposition research is coming for him, and we'll get to it. The Atlantic has re- re- released the audio of an interview with Vivek Ramaswamy where he speculated that it might have been FBI agents, not Al-Qaeda, on the planes that crashed into the World Trade Center. It might have been an inside job by Americans to kill Americans. The federal government might have. He's just asking questions. It's one of the crazy conspiracy theorists, and he's kind of embracing it. They've got the audio of it. It's an unedited audio file. He denied it, said they took him out of context. They said, no, we didn't. Here's the unedited audio file. And it is an unedited audio file, and he does say those things. But he's done interviews everywhere, including these interviews. Donald Trump is not willing to be on stage tomorrow night at the Republican debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 75% of Republicans say they think he should debate. He says, nope, I'm not going to do any debates. Can you really blame him with his lead? What he's going to do is go on Tucker Carlson's show. Well, Tucker Carlson's video feed on Twitter. I can predict to you what's going to happen. You know, my prediction turned out right. My other prediction, we'll get into that one here in a minute. Let me predict what's going to happen. Here's the way you need to understand Twitter works. If you go on Twitter, where only less than 20% of Americans regularly go, less than 20% of Americans regularly engage with Twitter. If you see a video on Twitter, as long as a half of that video is viewable in your browser, so the top half or the bottom half is cut off, but it still moves for three seconds with or without sound, it's counted as a view. Do you understand that? So if you see three seconds of the video with Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson, you don't hear it. You don't even really pay attention. You just have to be slowly scrolling your browser and it appears on your screen half of the video for three seconds without any audio. It's counted as you viewed it. What that means is that Donald Trump can say 100, 200, 500 billion million people saw his interview with Tucker Carlson and compare it to how many people watched the Fox News debate and it's going to get headlines. Donald Trump says 2,500,000 times more people saw his video interview with Tucker Carlson than saw the debate. And the way Twitter counts a view, half a video displayed for three seconds without sound, that's the metric. It's brilliant. You got to give it to him. It doesn't actually mean that many people watched it. It doesn't mean that many people saw it. It doesn't mean that many people heard him. Fox News will get more eyeballs legitimately of people consuming the content. But it doesn't matter the way the Twitter metrics work. He'll be able to say, Twitter says, this many hundreds of millions of people saw my interview with Tucker Carlson. He's also taking advantage of something else. It's a genius strategy. you got to give it to him. He's also taking advantage of something else. Fox News is putting burdens on everyone else covering their debate. It's almost the the tree in the forest falling debate. By that, I mean uh, other media outlets won't be able to use more than three minutes worth of footage and will have to cite Fox News and credit Fox News and put a blurb about Fox News when they play the video. They can only use three minutes of it. They're going to restrict how people share it on social media. 
Um, that means it's going to be exclusive to Fox News. They're treating it like a sporting event, which it's not. It should be a public service. But Fox is doing this, and the Republican National Committee is not complaining about that, which means not a lot of people are going to be able to pay attention to the debate and the aftermath of the debate and the review of the debates, and it's going to limit the attention other media outlets give to coverage of the debate because of how Fox is restricting the video. So it's not going to be widely recapped by the media. And then there's this. I told you this was going to happen. I told you. I told you. I should have told Charlie to clip it when I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't, and I should have. Donald Trump is going to surrender to the Fulton County Jail on Thursday. In other words, what do you think the media is going to cover more? A debate where Fox News limits their access to clips and the amount of time they can spend on clips? Or Donald Trump, they're going to cover him leaving Mar-a-Lago. They're going to cover him walking up the steps of his plane. They're going to cover the plane's run down the runway. They're going to cover its liftoff. They're going to cover it in the air. They're going to track it with a plane tracker. They're going to cover it as it lands in Atlanta. They're going to cover him getting into the motorcade. They're going to cover the motorcade going to the Fulton County Jail. They're going to cover him going inside. They're going to cover him coming outside. They're going to cover his arraignment. They're going to cover his plea. They're going to cover his mugshot. They're not going to cover the Fox News debate. It is a genius strategy by Donald Trump. If there's one thing Donald Trump knows more than any other, it is how to play the media. He's in the sick, symbiotic relationship with the press. They hate his guts, and he hates them, and they need each other. It's brilliant. I mean, these members of the press, they hate him. They despise him. I played you that audio yesterday. It's worth playing this again. This is from, uh, where is this? This is from CNN. The abject terror these people have at the thought of Donald Trump becoming president of the United States again. Listen to the terror in their voices. Trump's lead is even larger. So these are three polls that were out over the last week. Look at these leads for Donald Trump. He's at 62 percent of the CBS News YouGov poll, 57 percent at Quinnipiac University, 53 percent of the Fox News poll. Look at where DeSantis is in all these polls. Look how far back he is. He doesn't crack 20% in any of them. So in Iowa, you have that 20-plus point lead for Donald Trump. That's actually smaller than the lead we see nationally, where we see these leads of 35, 40, near 50 points in this particular case. Of course, the primary is one thing. If Trump wins the primary, can he go on and win the general election? And we've had three polls that have come out over the last week here. And I want you to take a look at how close this race is at this particular point. Granted, the general election is over a year away. The largest lead for Joe Biden is just three points within the margin of error. No clear leader. Look at these. One point. One point. If you go back at where we were at this point four years ago, Joe Biden's lead was high single digits to low double digits. This is significantly closer than where we were four years ago. So this idea that Donald Trump can't win the general election, I want you to lose that idea. This race is very, very close, and Donald Trump is polling better right now than basically at any point during the entire 2020 After cycle. After four indictments. After four indictments. It just 
doesn't really matter. seem to matter. That's <laughs> you know, Biden could lose to Trump. He could. And he's got this massive, marvelous strategy to dominate the debate without ever stepping on stage. You don't think there's symbiotic coverage? Listen to this headline from the left-wing Axios. Trump indictments boost MSNBC primetime ratings. MSNBC has seen a boost in primetime ratings this summer thanks in large part to its coverage of the slew of indictments against former President Donald Trump. Fox News has been the undisputed cable news ratings leader for years, but Trump's legal woes, combined with Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox, have helped MSNBC close in on Fox's primetime lead several times in the past few months. MSNBC beat Fox News in primetime last Monday and Tuesday evening thanks to its coverage of Trump's indictments in a fourth major case in Georgia over efforts to overturn the presidential election's outcome. Rachel Maddow's interview with Hillary Clinton after the indictment drew an unprecedented 3.9 million viewers on Monday evening. The network narrowly beat Fox News in primetime on Monday, July 10th as well, although it surpassed Fox more consistently during the second quarter. Mondays tend to be MSNBC's highest-rated primetime even, evening, given that's when Maddow continues to regularly host her 9 p.m. show. MSNBC needs Donald Trump. And Donald Trump, he needs the media. And they know how to feed off of each other. And this week, eight Republicans will take the stage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, not Donald Trump. And I can guarantee you here now before that debate takes place exactly where the media is going to go and who they're going to give the disproportionate attention to. And it will not be those eight candidates in Milwaukee. You know it, and I know it, and most importantly, He knows it too. It is, whether you like Donald Trump or not, a brilliant strategy. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance. Thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Let's go to the phones. Gary, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Got a question. Could the Democrats pull a bait and switch, make the Republicans commit to who their candidate is going to be, and then at the last second take Biden out for any number of reasons and replace him with a more popular candidate? 
yes and no. So the way it works is in the in the primary process, uh, Biden collects delegates to the Democratic National Convention. Those delegates have to be pledged to Joe Biden if he runs. Uh, and they can only vote for Joe Biden, assuming he runs. Now, if he gets to the convention and he has Kamala Harris with him and Kamala Harris is his running mate and Joe Biden decides to drop out, well, then they're bound to Kamala Harris, which is part of the problem there. Nobody wants Kamala Harris. So if he really wants to do the bait and switch and get out, he's got to do so before the primaries. The only saving grace there is there is an argument to be made under DNC rules that the super delegates themselves uh, could vote for someone else and throw the balance off, but the super delegates are bound to the primary winner now under DNC rules. It, it, it used to be much easier for the Democrats to be able to throw the guy out, uh, but in uh, 2016 with Hillary Clinton, they bound the super delegates as a uh, compromise for Bernie Sanders to just go away. Uh, so the superdelegates can't vote on their own. They're bound to whoever the, the primary vote-getter is. It's harder for the Democrats to do without being stuck with uh, Kamala Harris so long as she's on the ticket, which it looks like she's going to be on the ticket. It becomes a real problem for him. Now, we got to talk about COVID a little bit when we come back, but I want to actually spend some time on uh, Vivek Ramaswamy because – there's a story out I, I want to reference. It's a good piece at CNN by a lady named Carrie Sheffield on Christians should be willing to vote for Vivek, even though he's Hindu. Uh, and I agree with her, by the way. Um, I, I've got numerous friends who are Hindu and have no problem uh, voting for one of them to be president of the United States. Uh, him, too. I do think he's setting himself up for a problem. And that is that he uses so much Christian evangelical rhetoric, he's leading a lot of Christians to believe he's one of them. And when they find out he's not, but he has co-opted the rhetoric of evangelicalism uh, for his for his campaign, that may blow up in his face. It's a delicate, delicate balance that he has to um, maintain and one we must when we talk about it as well, because I know people are prone, like in 2008, 2012, the number of people who said I was attacking Mitt Romney because he was a Mormon, which wasn't true. Um, and, you know, he could he could turn around and, and double down on that as well. It's going to be an interesting dynamic the way he moves forward. Um, I'm really, I am fascinated by his campaign. And what I predict is going to happen is you're going to have all of the campaigns now piling on him because they all now kind of see him as a threat and more is coming out that opens him up to those sorts of attacks. We'll see how it plays out right now. I got to tell you the Eden pure thunderstorm, they are selling, they're selling fast and you can get one still. The three pack is a deal. It's available for you. What is it? It's an odor eliminator. Yes, it's an air purifier. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's an air purifier. It uses electrostatic plates to trap the dust and the pollen and the rest of the stuff floating in the air. You can just wipe it out on occasion. You don't have to get a filter subscription, but where it shines, the way I use it is as an odor eliminator. So smoke odors, it just gets rid of them. Litter box odors, pet odors, uh, frying odors in the kitchen, dead animal on the wall odors, you name it, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm shines. Get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, EdenPureDeals.com. You'll see on the front page a discount code box. You put in my name, ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, and you can get three of them for less than $200. You can get one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, or your travel bag. 
You can hold it in your hand. It's small. It packs a wallop. You plug it into the wall, or you can use a USB cord with a USB connection in your car to power it that way, and it just works. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations, and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, Bam, B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, happy to have you. This is inevitable with all candidates who begin to catch traction and rise. The other candidates in the race begin to to pile on and try to stop any momentum. It's not just Ron DeSantis. It is also the other candidates out there who are feeding opposition research. I know because those other candidates want me to see stuff. Gabe Kaminsky is an investigative reporter with the Washington Examiner. He writes, Vivek Ramaswamy, the 38-year-old longtime fan of the rapper Eminem and anti-woke businessman, is facing the noise on the 2024 Republican presidential trail over his perpetual walking back of prior claims and positions. It's a trend that has often seen the White House hopeful class with members of the press accusing reporters of publishing planted trash and false stories in connection with his flip-flops. Prior to the Washington Examiner publishing this story, Ramaswamy campaign spokeswoman Trisha McLaughlin posted the outlet's written request for comment on social media. Ramaswamy, an ex-pharmaceutical executive who rose to prominence following the publishing of his 2021 book, Woke Inc., is polling in third place. As one of the few presidential candidates who hasn't ever served an elected office, he sought to position himself as an outsider who, like Trump, purposely has the will to drain the swamp. Problem is, he has taken a number of positions that are directly contradictory. Um, Foreign policy, two months ago, he denied to the Washington Free Beacon he was open to ending military support for Israel. Uh, And now says um, that he is open to ending uh, military support and would like to phase it out by 2028. He, in April, said there's only one way to stop China from invading Taiwan, and that would be for the NRA to open a branch in Taiwan, 
offering to supply them with arms. And now he's saying, well, uh, he's okay with China invading after 2028. He's expressed differing views on domestic culture war adjacent issues. In 2020, he called a bill sensible from Bernie Sanders that would provide people taxpayer-backed masks during COVID. Now he says uh, it's not true. In June, he posted a video about the federal holiday Juneteenth, aiming to commemorate it as a celebration of the American dream itself. Two months later in August, he said Juneteenth was useless and that we should cancel it. He's gone back and forth on a number of issues in his campaign on whether or not to uh, pardon Joe Biden's family and Donald Trump. Uh, He said yes and then no and then yes. Uh, He was against ethanol subsidies in Iowa. Then he was for ethanol subsidies in Iowa. This is a problem with having a new untested young candidate on the campaign trail. He's allowed to change his mind. Uh, It's never the flips that are the problem. It's the flops when you go back to the prior positions. He um, blamed Donald Trump for January 6th and now doesn't, said Donald Trump should debate on the campaign stage and now says it's no big deal, it doesn't matter. I think there's a larger issue. And Carrie Sheffield has hit on this. She's a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Voice. She's the Tony Blankley Fellow for Public Policy at the Steamboat Institute. She writes this at CNN. It's discouraging to see some of my fellow conservatives attacking rising GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy for his Hindu faith. It's wrong and un-American. It violates the spirit, if not the law, of the Constitution. And it could backfire on Christians as our share of the U.S. population dwindles. It is also entirely counterproductive for those who claim to support traditional values and religious liberty. Ramaswamy is steadily climbing in Republican primary voter support, closing in on Ron DeSantis in some polls and neck and neck with him in the betting markets. He is also one of the candidates best positioned to further major conservative Christian agenda items. Conservatives claim to embrace original jurisprudence that holds faithfully to the letter of the Constitution and the founders intent. Yet those who criticize Ramaswamy because of his religion are undermining the core American document, which clearly states no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Yet it's clear that Ramaswamy is facing headwinds because of his faith. I actually disagree with that. Yep, there are some who attack Ramaswamy for being Hindu. I, I certainly don't. I have good friends who are Hindu. I grew up overseas with friends who are uh, Hindu. I maintain my friendships with them. I live down the street from some great Hindu families. Uh, they are just as American as you and me. We shouldn't have a problem embracing someone. I mean, put it to you this way, Joe Biden says he's Catholic and clearly is not in the way he worships and practices his religion. I would much rather someone who is Hindu who's committed to his faith than Joe Biden who claims to be Catholic and is not committed to his faith. The problem I think for Ramaswamy is this. When he talks on the campaign trail, he explicitly sounds, and I think by design, as if he's evangelical. I had a lady at my church on Sunday ask me his denomination. She heard him speak at my conference on Saturday. Uh, She asked me on Sunday what denomination he was, and I said he's Hindu. She was flabbergasted. She she felt like she had been conned. And and to give you a sense of this, I, I compiled these references. This is my conversation on Saturday with Vivek. Ramaswamy, and again, the importance here is not that he is Hindu because it's not a big deal. The importance is he's leaving an impression with people that he's an evangelical Christian, and he's not. And it 
people then feel like they're being conned. And he's going to have to figure out a way around that. Listen to this. Grounded in the individual, the family, the nation, God. Individual, family, nation, God. That beats race, gender, sexuality, and climate. We are the explorers, the people who will say, nothing's going to stop me from achieving my maximal God-given potential. In fact, I have a duty to use my God-given potential to make the greatest possible contribution I can right now. Because life is short. Our time on this earth is brief. There is more to life than the aimless passage of time. And so we have a purpose. God put us here for a purpose, to realize our maximal greatest contribution in the short time we are given. Two parents in the house with a focus on education and instilling in us a faith in God. I view them as my colleagues. I view you all as my colleagues in this national revival. I believe that I will be able to convince young Americans of the same thing. I believe it is my duty to pass on that dream to the next generation, to make concepts like faith and family and patriotism and hard work cool again. And so I think that humility, <laughs> is actually what's going to be required for our national revival. And, and, and you know what? In, in all truth, it starts with God, and then it starts with family, actually. My parents came to this country with no money 40 years ago. I've gone on to found multi-billion dollar companies. I did it while marrying my wife, Apoorva, raising our two sons, following our faith in God. But I think it starts with humility. And where do I get my humility? My humility comes from faith. If you believe in God, the one thing you know is that I am not God. Okay, and there's only one all-knowing power that's God, and that's not me. That's my conversation, excerpts of it, uh, with uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And I just think it's very important to understand that it's not about him being a Hindu for me. And I don't know that it is for most people. I'm sure there are some. The problem is when you listen to him say things like a national revival and uh, belief in one God and, and that, that God is, is the only all-knowing being, he sounds to be evangelical. He uses the rhetoric of modern evangelicalism with phrases like uh, revival and in his humility and belief in in a god, um, but if he's Hindu, those beliefs are very different. And again, there's no problem with that. It's just, I guarantee you, because I know people, there are going to be people, I really know evangelical Americans, they're going to feel like they were conned by him if he's not honest. It might be better for him not to mention his faith than to 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 weave in phrases about revival in God. Um, it, Nikki Haley is Methodist. She and her husband, Michael, they attend a Methodist church. Her mom and dad are Hindu. Her dad actually is Sikh, I, I think. Um, and there are people to this day in South Carolina who believe Nikki Haley is inauthentic in her faith. Even though she goes to a Methodist church, her children or her, her daughter married in a Christian service. But she does also, given her background and family, she, she celebrates holidays that her parents celebrated with her as a kid still. And there are those who hold it against her. 
but she goes to a Methodist church, and she is a big fan of Pastor John Hagee. My gosh, she loves John Hagee. John Hagee, uh, my daughter and I went over to her presidential announcement and um, got to sit with the Hagee family. And uh, Vivek, by using the language of, of God, and he never mentions Jesus, just God, and revival, faith, and humility, those are things that evangelicals say. They're the, that they're the cornerstone words within evangelicalism. And so my fear for him is that in trying to explain to people he is faithful, he, he does believe in a higher power, he doesn't believe in himself, he does believe, he's not an atheist, he, he believes in divinity, that if he continues in the way he's talking about it now, he's going to sow a false impression with people that he's some sort of evangelical, non-denominational Baptist, and that's not who he is. I, I see him walking into this. The sad thing, too, though, and this gets to Kerry Sheffield's point, is I know there are going to be people who exploit it. In 2008 and 2012, Mitt Romney was vilified by a portion of the right for being Mormon, for Latter-day Saints. I got attacked for not supporting Mitt Romney, claiming, I, well, you're not supporting him because he's Mormon. I never cared. I mean, I grew up, one of my best friends was Mormon. Uh, Mike Lee in the Senate is is just one of the, I, I, I love that man dearly. He's uh, Mormon as well. It doesn't matter to me. I'd far prefer Mike Lee to be my president of the United States than pretty much any other American on the planet. Doesn't matter. But there were Christians within the evangelical community who launched a nasty whisper campaign against Mitt Romney, and it worked in 2008. It didn't work in 2012. And I can see Vivek, making it easier for them to attack him the way he is talking about faith in the the expressions and tones and rhythms and cadence of someone within evangelicalism. So uh, I, I think Kerry Sheffield's piece is right. People shouldn't penalize Vivek Ramaswamy for being Hindu. He is of Indian descent. His family are, are natives of India who came here. He should be penalized for his faith when he is a faithful person and does recognize a higher power. But I think he will be penalized by evangelicals, not because he's Hindu, but because in the way he talks about faith, he sounds like an evangelical, and they're going to feel like they pull, had the rug pulled out from under him by him. And he needs to be very careful about that. He needs to be careful. Now, I want to talk to you about Vision Computer, and I, I don't have to be careful with how I talk about them because I just I am effusive with general, genuine praise. My son got a gaming PC from Vision Computer. This is why we decided to do this deal because I'm so impressed with them. I have not, except for one time, had to help my son with his computer. When he has a problem, he calls Vision Computer. They've helped him with antivirus. They've helped him figure out how to install and uninstall software. They helped him get his email set up. They helped him with printer support. They helped him get his monitor, a loose connection in his monitor, and they were able to figure out where it was loose, how it was loose, all from talking to him over the phone, and he is 14 years old. They can do that for you, too. They can do it for your employees. They can build you a computer, a laptop or a desktop computer. They can build it for your employees. If you're, a, if you're a small business owner, you've got multiple employees who need computers, they can do it for you. And then they can be their tech support. So your employees call Vision. They're not coming to you with a computer problem. You just give them the number, they call. They can do this all and they can help anybody nationwide. In many cases, just remote in over the phone. You don't even have to send your computer back to them if there's a problem. That's how good they are. And they answer the phone. You can go to visioncomputers.com, visioncomputers.com, or if you call them, you can ask about the Eric Erickson special at 404-COMPUTE, 
404 Compute, any of you in all 50 states, 404 Compute, call Vision Computers. Let them build your computers for you. you they can save you some money in doing so. And then let them be you, your household, your, your offices, IT support. They can take care of your computer needs on the phone, online. They're so good. VisionComputers.com or 404 Compute. Ask about the Eric Erickson special. Hello, America. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, uh, I am going to, I'm uh, sorry, um, pretty, I, I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name. Welcome to the show. Thank you. No, you did. Well, um, Indian way of saying is pretty. But pretty, pretty is okay. good enough. Even my husband just calls me pretty, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I've only got about uh, a, a minute and a half or two minutes here, but I wanted to be able to squeeze you in. So we listened my mom, who's a Hindu. Um, I was born and raised in India and then moved to America. I am now a Presbyterian, so I relate a lot to Nikki Haley because it seems like she and I have the same background. Um, and when I read about her, she talked about her mom went her, made her go to a lot of different churches. Um, I have done similar thing. My, my dad taught me the same thing. And I agree with you uh, as far as Vivek um, Ramaswamy. The way that he speaks, it seems like he has learned certain words to um, relate to Christians. But it's going to backfire on him um, simply because I read an article, a friend sends it to me, and it talked about how Christian conservatives feel like they're betrayed because we don't, quote, need a Indian with his multiple gods in the White House. Um, mm. And so if he really wants to teach people about the Hindu faith, he needs to be honest and not try to emulate something else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it really does. And yeah, that, that's that's the point I'm getting to as well, is he's got he's to gotta tread lightly. Um, he can be, I think, open about his faith and his belief in the divine, uh, and how it humbles him and centers him. But if he sounds like uses the rhetoric of evangelicalism and revival, uh, I, I think that people are going to feel betrayed by him because so many Christians these days in America already feel betrayed by the political class. So that's well said. All right. Um, uh, so I've got about a minute, but I got to ask you, how'd you wind up Presbyterian? My husband, um, I went <laughs> to um, college and he was a Presbyterian we got married and moved to McDonough, Georgia, and I went to a particular church. We got married there, and everybody was just so kind and so open to me, my culture, my traditions, everything. I actually didn't get baptized for another 19 years, but when I did get baptized, nobody at my church knew. They were like, what do you mean? We thought you'd been a member of our church. So it was such an amazing experience that I truly got to know love of Jesus and um Nobody ever pressured me. And I think that's a, such a key thing is for Indians, like if they want to reach all the Indian people, mm -hmm. the last thing they need to feel like is that we are not um, yeah. welcomed. And um, there has to be a little bit of balance on both sides, I think. Um, and okay, it, I think Vivek and Brady, even Nikki, to a certain degree, they gotta, need to really balance I, I, I got I to gotta let you go there. I, I appreciate that. I'm sorry. I, I got an ad I got to do here uh, for Omaha Steaks right now. But thank you for that. From Omaha Steaks, if you go to omahasteaks.com and you put Eric in the search bar, E-R-I-C-K, you can save 50% right now. Y'all, Labor Day is coming up. What are you going to do for your grill outs? 
At, at Omaha Steaks, they can make it easy for you. They can get you eight burgers, eight gourmet jumbo franks uh, for free in the package. It's deliciousness delivered to your door, all at omahasteaks.com. All you got to do is put Eric in the search bar. You put Eric in the search bar. And suddenly you're getting a deliciousness. You're getting favorites. You know, right now, school's back in session, too. And if you're struggling to try to get used to the schedule, you can buy some ready-made meals from Omaha Steaks, put those in the oven, warm them up, take care of dinner before the kids even ask. You can do it all. OmahaSteaks.com. Put Eric in the search bar. Save 50%. Get those gourmet jumbo franks and Omaha Steak burgers for free in the package. And Preeti, thank you so much for giving me a call.